0: Some facts, get you some facts right?
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan, and as always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. If you're listening, we appreciate you. Take a couple minutes, go and leave us a nice review, tell a friend, tell a family member, and all of that fun stuff as we continue to try and grow and bring you new music. Today on the show, we have the lovely and talented Geneva Magnus. Over the last three decades, Geneva has become one of the preeminent voices in contemporary American roots music. She's garnered nearly 30 Blues Music Award nominations and in 2009 she became only the second woman to receive the highly coveted BB King Entertainer of the Year Award. She has a new album coming out on June 24th, which is called Hard to Kill. And we go into quite a bit of that today. I actually caught up with Geneva as she was rehearsing with her band as they prepare to do some live shows coming up. So we get a treat to hear her and the band play one of their tunes. So please enjoy Geneva Magnus.
0: I do hearts can be mended. Just look at me and see the troubles I've transcended. I'm climbing trees just to get some new perspective. Yeah. I want you climb on up with me, babe? You,
1: you and me babe. So let's just, yeah, the song is closer. You guys are going to be nice enough to play it for us here and just Talk to me a little bit about this while the guys riff in the background. This is a first for the Song Facts podcast, so I'm loving it.
2: Excellent. Super excited. All right, Corey. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Gotcha, Maddie. All right. So, my name is Jennifer Magnus, and I'm super stoked to be here with you today, Corey. Me too. Um, this is Matt Techeu on drums, Gary Davenport on bass, and Zach Zunis on guitar. And um, these guys are on the record and a regular part of my touring ensemble. I'm real grateful to work with them. We're going to do this song called Closer for You, written by my dear friend, Miss Annie Mack, who is a brilliant artist that... Um, To me needs so much more recognition you know she's a young woman and she's a brilliant songwriter and singer herself and deeply uh, deeply embedded in gospel and soul and blues music and uh, google her annie mac she's brilliant All this right. is song she wrote i first heard it in memphis i heard her perform it in memphis and i i'd like to have died i just fell over and died when i heard her do this Beautiful, beautiful song.
0: Ready? Well, I finally laid my youth to rest. Put away my pride and childish whims. I have traveled far to get to this place. When the grays in my hair and the lines on my face is my simple truth. I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little bit closer to the grave. Little bit older, little bit wiser, little bit closer to the grave. I believe. Love is a sacrifice Yes, I do Faith is more than words Forgiveness leaves no room for hate No And the heart takes time to change Here's my simple truth My hair and the lines on my face. Here's my simple truth I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little bit closer to the grave.
1: if people listening can't tell, this is a band that I just caught in the middle of rehearsal. And apparently rehearsals are going really nicely because you guys are tight. That sounded amazing. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much, man. How was that for you? Was it okay?
1: I was really actually, I'm so impressed with this mix and I have like pretty nice headphones on. And I was, I mean, I could, I could hear everybody when I needed to. So it was just perfect.
2: Excellent. Cause this band is used to, uh, you know, having to self mix ourselves. Sometimes it's, just the way that it is, and the level of sensitivity with the ensemble is a real blessing.
1: Well, and so. just being able to like play to a room like that where it's so quaint and everything, and like everyone is no one's trying to be too loud or anything like that. Like it's it's really nice. Wonderful.
2: I'm and so glad. And shout out to the that.
1: bass player. The bass runs that you did in the bridge there are just unreal. Love them.
2: <laughs> Matt the Tecu, Gary Davenport, Zach Zunas. Thanks, hey. guys. All right. All right. Yeah. Are you
1: and good? I'm good. Song was written by One More Time. Let's shout her One out. One More
2: Time. Yes, it was written by Miss Annie Mack. Annie, Annie Mac.
1: Let's all look it up.
2: Please. Please. Closer is the name of the song.
1: Stay tuned for more Song Facts Podcast right after this. Song Facts Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, I've always wondered why when an athlete breaks a leg in the middle of a competition, they get all the sympathy and everyone's all worried about them. But if their mental health breaks down, that's not necessarily viewed in the same way. It's almost viewed as a weakness. But without a healthy mind, being truly happy, and being at peace, well, it's hard. And the good news is, There's therapy out there and it actually works so what is therapy exactly it's whatever you want it to be maybe you're not feeling motivated and you need some tools to help maybe you're struggling in a relationship or at work these are the things that therapy is there for whatever you need It's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really all about and a special offer to song facts podcast listeners you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com/songfacts that's better h e l p.com/songfacts thanks again to betterhelp for sponsoring this podcast and have a great day
0: Get you back here. How you doing, man?
1: Hey, I'm doing really well. It's been a wonderfully beautiful, hectic day for me, but I'm so happy to uh, wind it down with some nice music.
2: Wonderful. That's a great way to end the day. Where are you located? What coast?
1: I No coast. I'm central. I'm in Denver.
2: Oh, Denver. Yeah. Lovely city.
1: Yeah. Oh, I absolutely love it here. You know, the one thing Denver's missing, though, is a nice little blues scene I've noticed.
2: Okay. That's, that's great to hear. I know we've played, uh, Denver and played Colorado. I've played a lot. Okay. Um, you know, the scenes kind of wax and wane depending on what people are into and what they feel like hearing.
1: Yeah, no, it's just a. Uh, I lived in Milwaukee for a while. I always saw really great blues music there. And then I'd go down to Chicago when I could and Kingston mines and places like that. So I, um, That was one thing that I just noticed. I was like, you know, I can't just go out and have a really good bluesy night. But there are some nice jazz clubs here. Cool. Cool. Where do we have you? You're on the West Coast?
2: Yeah, in L.A., basically. And I've lived in L.A. I've been in L.A. It kind of technically makes me a native. (laughs) Um, Originally from Detroit, but I've been in L.A. since 1986. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You came out with Appetite for Destruction.
2: I did. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you were definitely in the hair metal scene, I can tell.
2: Yeah, I was, well, you know, but at the time, there was a super, super strong blues scene here. Oh, really? Eight nights a week, man. Eight nights a week, you could go hear some unbelievable live blues. Uh, James Harmon, who sadly passed last year, um, James Harmon Band, great players, just a ton and ton of um really great southern california west coast swing blues it oh, was I
1: really like that so that's a, that obviously when you think of la in the 80s for me anyway i just think of hair metal and and motley Crue and stuff like that but there are all these underground that was scenes
2: all happening too yeah. well
1: and then i was i did i interviewed a guy who had was all into ska and he was like there's this crazy ska scene here in the 80s and like there's just so many different pockets i just there's endless history for us to learn and i love that
2: yeah, it's, it's a really big city with a lot of talent, really a lot of talent here. So.
1: Well, I want to start talking with you about this new album, which the song that we just heard closer is off of. Hard to Kill is the name, and it's out June 24th.
2: Here's a copy.
1: Oh that looks beautiful.
2: which will make you we'll, we'll make sure you get one. I didn't it doesn't even have the shrink wrap off so it's kind of shiny but <laughs>
1: I have some I have a uh, way your, your publicist sent me a nice little way to stream it. so I've been listening to it and actually after I found out you were gonna be doing that song on my drive, I was up in the mountains mountain biking this morning and on my way back, I put on the album and listened to it top to bottom. Okay. Bravo.
2: Thank you. Such good
1: music. I'm so and like this song closer was the one that just like really, I don't know, it just I must have been in the right coming down the slope and just in a nice groove and that the groove of that song just got me and I was like, I can't believe I'm about to hear this live. This is so ridiculous. I'm so lucky.
2: I'm so stoked that you that you dig the album and, and certainly that song closer. It's a very, very soulful song. All the tunes. It's um. 12 songs, 11 originals and one cover and um it is very very much you know i'm very picky about the material um that i sing
1: well that kind of leads me into my first question how did it was three years since you'd released anything and obviously it was a pretty crazy time span and there's you know we're not going to beat you up for for just sitting back and seeing how the world was going to end up but how did that time help to shape this album
2: (laughs) <laughs> um, you know that time was interesting as it was for all of us it was an interesting time I did not have the experience that a lot of my friends had a lot of artists i are like oh this is great we're just gonna we're gonna dial up the gear and we're gonna like hang around and and we don't have to tour we don't have to go out we can't go out we can't go on road so we're gonna write a bunch of songs and record a bunch of stuff dial up the home studio blah 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 not my experience man You know, I, I cleaned some stuff out. I threw some crap out. I shredded a bunch of stuff and then I went straight into deer and headlights. I mean, I was like, what do I do? I, 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 I kind of froze on the inside. It's been, it turns out that it was the longest period of time in the history of my life that I had gone without performing music without being in what I considered to be the holy water. Yeah, of my life is music and to be not in that, to not be on tour, to not be with fans. Yeah. Um, The longest period of time since I was 19 years old. Hmm. I'm not 19. Okay. (laughs) and so it was really hard for me. I struggled. I struggled. It was difficult. And how that fed the album was, I think in one way it really gave me a sense of um, commitment not that i've not been committed to the process always but it gave me a real sense of commitment to you know taking the gloves off yeah for this album it's just the whole album's gloves gloves off and it's out on my own label which makes me fully indie you know yahoo for the fully indies good for you thank you again and it's my 16th album and i'm wow and i recorded this is a little long-winded and so please forgive me i'll oh, take your time I recorded, okay cool i recorded the audio version of my memoir so i published a memoir in 2019 recorded the audio book in 10 days um of the memoir and then took about four days off to rest my voice and then went into the studio to track these songs that had been working on. We'd been working on these songs for six, seven months, okay. my professor and I, um, and it really gave me, whatever anxiety I was having during during the pandemic, real serious shutdown part, rereading my memoir out loud to myself basically gave me this like, it sort of took me back. And I thought, what are you worried about? Like, what exactly do you think is what are you scared of? What do you think is going to happen? Whoever they are? What do you think they're going to do to you? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: It ain't gonna be anything that you can't get through survive, come out the other side, a champion, quite frankly. And that is based on my my, my memoir and the experiences of all of that and blah, 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 blah. But the point is going into the studio with that headspace made for, um, gloves all the way off and we're just going to record this and track this. And I think in that way, the pandemic served to really help me feel like I got nothing to lose.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think that I think that that's so this like you led me into my next question just perfectly because as I'm reading about your history and you have this, you've overcome so much. I mean it's pretty incredible. I can't imagine the emotional flow that you went through when you were putting together this memoir and really thinking back and digging into these memories that you have. But I mean, if, if people that are listening like you, you, just you have to go and read about this. Like this the amount of stuff that you've overcome in life is just beyond what most people can even imagine having to deal with. So like, yeah, a two-year pandemic, great. I got you. But you know that was a, you 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 were struggling at first it sounds like and then remembered what it was that like drives you and makes you feel alive and found that again and then you took the gloves off and the opening track i think you just described to me why it's the opening track which is my question strong as steel oh,
0: and i'll be kicking and screaming to the finish line
1: This is you just being like, bring it, just like what you just said. And that's kind of what I felt like you were coming from with this song.
2: It's totally where I was coming from with the song because I, I um, it's very funny. Um, and thank you for having the sensitivity to to go that deeply into the music, into the experience of the songs and the story. You know, songs are snapshots, right? Yeah. You know that they are little vignettes, they are little mini mini movies. You know they're they're a four-minute movie clip yeah if you're listening and you're listening to the story and um so you know thanks for that sensitivity with it but yeah strong as steel track number one um i was talking with uh, a couple of my co-writer dear friends in australia um andrew loudon and lauren bliss and you know they're sneaky they're really sneaky because they're like you know, tell us and tell us about your grandma. Anyway, we've (laughs) known each other for a while. So I start talking about my maternal grandmother, Pearl, Grandma Pearl. Yeah. And um, then I start talking about how strong she was. She was very, very strong. And she married and divorced. I'm using the term divorce with quotes around it because I don't think she actually legally divorced him. Six times, (laughs) swear to God, swear to God, okay. My maternal grandfather was a bit of a piece of work. Yeah. And so she'd kick him out or he would just abandon my grandma and my mother, you know, as she was a small, blah, 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 during the depression, very difficult times. Anyway, um, but my, the bottom line is my grandma was strong as steel And that was what I said to them. And they were like, yeah, yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. And then tell us this other story. So the story that's painted in Strong as Steel is a true story. Okay. I actually fell off a cliff. I went right off this side of a cliff. I was um, probably 18, 19 years old.
1: Literal, this is literal.
2: Literally, I (laughs) I was really inebriated okay as you do i was super super drunk as i was back then and i was walking around on the top of this cliff in duluth minnesota with some friends and it was like two in the morning we were like yeah man and boom i went (laughs) off the the cliff wow i went off the cliff and i thought my first thought was okay this is it (sighs) fine it's over thank god we're done I land in a tree, I landed landed in a tree, broke my wrist, kink, you know, I landed in a tree. And my friends are like at the top of the cliff going, what are you doing down there? You know, I mean, it was just, it was absolute, uh, you know, uh, cartoon episode. Anyway, that's all true story in there. And it turns out, I find out later in my life that I have Generations and generations and generations of these incredibly strong women. Yeah. These incredibly bold women that were like, I'm sorry, but in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s, you didn't kick your husband out. No. And be a single mom, you know? And so she would literally marry Charlie Kirby five times and divorce him six. That was the tale. She probably didn't divorce him all but one time but she booted him out which was tantamount to a divorce in those days get out
0: yeah you
1: know
2: and and a very strong woman a very strong woman and it turns out that I come from a long line of super strong women and that that's probably why I landed in the damn tree
1: <laughs> i mean just what an incredible you thing know, i I'm just wondering if I've, so this ties in because I've, I spent some time in Minnesota. I actually went to middle school and high school there. Oh, where? In uh, White Bear Lake outside of the Twin Cities.
2: Get out of Dodge. That's totally the scene of the crime for me.
1: That's where, so that's what I was reading about a little bit. So that, that this is, I had read that you'd lived in Minnesota and that you said that you even used to ride the bus in Minneapolis with a young prince. And literal Prince, not just like the Prince of some country, like no Prince. Prince. Um, may he rest in peace. And I went to high school, like I said, outside of St. Paul. So I'm wondering, what can you tell me about the music scene that you were involved in in Minnesota at that time? Cause I would have no idea, but I'd love to hear about it.
2: It was, it was unbelievable. And it was unbelievably, um, it was all happening at the same time. It was all popping. It was happening everywhere. This all is early
1: 80s, correct? Sorry to cut you off.
2: Um, it would have been 70s into um, into. Just about eighty seventy into hang on, because I moved. I lived in Phoenix before it was in L.A., excuse me. So okay. 70s right up to about 80 or 81. OK, <laughs> excuse me. And um, yeah it was really happening all the time there was so much great music there was great blues there was great funk see there was great soul music hmm. there was great music that was happening everywhere there was even great country music that was happening in the clubs and around the scene there it was during a period of time which i consider to be a huge blessing where the business of music had not infiltrated deeply enough as it is now where um, you could listen to anything on the radio. You could listen to a radio show and they would play James Brown and they would play Aretha Franklin. So there's funk and soul. Yep. And then they would play early Linda Ronstadt, which was definitely country music of the time. Uh-huh. And then they would play van morrison and then they would you know there was a lot less big brother determining what was being listened to and it was much more creative on the parts of the djs the djs were making those decisions for themselves not corporations not someone that has some other deep-lying agenda that nobody can see exactly because they own half the damn publishing yeah or something like that so or
1: advertising revenue whatever it might be
2: uh, all of it all of it you know and and a, there was a lot of advertising free radio in those days fm was where it was at man am was like blah 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 and you know loud uh, pop music and then fm was all the cool stuff anyway um and that was true of the local live scene in minneapolis as well so i was a i was a young girl riding the bus in South Minneapolis and Prince used to take the same bus down Hennepin, um that I took and people were kind of talking about him at the time. <coughs> Excuse me, but he hadn't really he was still a pretty young dude and he was doing cutting edge things. Yeah, and he wasn't afraid the way he came off was that he wasn't afraid to be doing what he was doing. And people were off-put by that a bit. People were kind of off-put, like, who does this guy think he is?
1: Just as a complete original and being unafraid ah. to be authentically yeah.
2: him? Just to authentically be himself. And yeah. people, like the some of the local scene was like, well, who does this guy think he is? Yeah, but is that his real name? Come on, man. Yeah. Nobody, who names their kid Prince? And there was like this backbiting undercurrent thing that was going on until, and he just like, he made it, it never you mind. He was just busy being Prince and he just stayed on his path and he pressed forward. He was the powerful, powerful word called persistent. Yeah. And he stayed on it. And then pretty soon all of that sort of backbiting stuff kind of fell away because it was very obvious that the guy in fact was a genius. Yeah. And that, you know, who gives a rat what he calls himself. And in fact, his parents did name him Prince. Yeah. (laughs) And he's of your business. And if you're lucky, you're gonna get a ticket to get into the show. But maybe you're not so damn lucky, are you? Exactly. It's so hard to get Prince tickets now. You know what I mean? It was like all of that was sort of happening, was extremely active. And then he was also doing very rapidly early in his career when things were really starting to pop for him, he was reaching back to help other artists from his neighborhood and other other people that I guess were probably in his fold get put in the forefront. You know, I saw a show with an all female group that he put together, the band, the female group was called Six.
1: Okay.
2: Called Six. And I remember being in this tight little club that was probably the size, a little bit bigger than this room. Wow. That I'm this rehearsal room that I'm sitting in, and there was a stage at one end, and there was a five-piece band, and then these three women up front, and everybody was rammed into the room. I'm Jesus. sure it was way past fire code. It was crazy, and it was the funkiest thing you've ever heard in your life.
1: Oh, that would be amazing.
2: And you know, Prince was there. I mean, it was it was all happening, and and so what a beautiful, rich time to be in the twin cities what a beautiful experience what a rich experience to have
1: stay tuned for more song facts podcast right after this I, I mean, there's not really much more to elaborate. I mean, that's just like surprising to me because I don't think that many people would think of Minneapolis as this like melting pot of music. So I, I'm so happy to hear that it was that way and that um, it helped shaped you and and, and make you have a, a huge impact more than likely on the career that you've had so far. So kudos to Minnesota and a shout out to that live music scene. Cause it's still around. First Ave is still there. People go see some shows.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, by the- Please pay the cover charge. Yeah. <laughs> Please pay the cover
0: charge. I mean, yeah, yeah,
1: it really helps. It, it does. Um, I'm a sucker for slow bluesy tunes. So the tune on your album, Hard to Kill, that's called Right There.
0: You know, I would never make you wrong. You said you know the melody, but not the words to the song. If we take it back to where we started, that maybe we can make things right. You say that you were feeling fine, but I can tell something is on your mind. Say what you need to say.
1: Just resonates with me. And so I'm just curious, what is the message that you're sort of laying out on this song?
0: The song's
2: called Right Here.
1: Oh, my, and, I, I spelt it right and said it wrong right here.
2: No worries. Yeah, it's called Right Here, and um, it's a song about really, truly standing with someone. Hmm. If you have the great fortune, whether it's a friend or a family member or a spouse, whatever it is, in life, to find yourself with someone that really we'll stay with you through thick and thin you know if you need to tell me something here's the lyric you know i would never make you wrong oh wow you know i would never make you wrong so say what you need to say and mean what you need to mean cuz i'm just going to stand right here i'm not going anywhere it's far too unusual in life to find that yeah And when we find it, if we find it, it is priceless. It is precious. It's delicate. It's a delicate thing. You know, Uh, if you need to tell me something, you know, I would never make you wrong. You said you know the melody, but you don't know the words to the song. Mm -hmm. If we take it back to where we started, maybe we can make things right. You know, don't give up.
1: Yeah. It really resonated with me, I think. And it might be because I was subconsciously sort of receiving this message that you just said. I have a a anniversary with my wife in like two days and we've, this has been a strange week. She had to have a knee surgery last week and there's, I've, I've taken on a lot of the load, which I'm more than happy to do. But I was like, getting overwhelmed for a couple of days earlier like late last weekend and then early into this week and I just said I'm like I feel like I'm not being as like good to you and like around enough to be like helping you at home and everything that you could use because I need to be out doing these other things because we got to continue to have income and everything and you know she just made me feel that I don't have to feel bad about it at all and was just like it wasn't even like a thing that she thought about. She was just like, well, don't feel that way. Like, it's fine. And like, so that, that's like the message that you said there. And I, now that I'm like really thinking about it, I'm like, wow, this is really amazing that I have this nice anniversary coming up. And I feel like I might have that kind of person in my life right now.
2: What a huge gift, what a huge, precious, delicate, wonderful gift for you and for her, you know, to have, to have that kind of a, a depth of connection, a commitment, you know? Somebody that, I mean, I didn't really have that in my life until quite a bit later, but to be able to go look at somebody in the eye, go, you know what, you you just, its this isn't working. When you say this, or when you do this, I feel awful, or I feel, you hurt me, you hurt me. And to have that other person not go, well, you did this, and you did, well, what about yeah. you? or run from the room slam the door all kinds of other crap that's not what happens I look you in the eye I stand there and I I I listen and I hear you and and I want to hear you I want you to tell me what's on your mind you know truly that to be able to move through that with another human being
1: I mean, that's just like what it's all about. You don't even realize it until you have it. And then some people don't realize it until it's too late and they had it and it was gone. Yeah. And um, wow. what, a, what an amazing angle to look at that sort of relationship in life. And like you said, it doesn't have to be like a, um, it can be plutonic. It can be whatever it needs to be. Like there's people that come into your life. And I don't think I've heard somebody look at it and, and put it in such a lovely song for that. So thank you.
2: You're very welcome thank you okay
1: i've got one more question for you and i always like to ask this because a lot of what this show is about is kind of looking into things and and a lot of it's looking back because the songs that people write they're not writing currently i'm asking about something that already happened but you've got three decades of what must seem like a dream music career this i mean it has to be to a certain extent of different things that have happened to you in, in the stages that you've been on, the people that you've been able to perform with, and there's there's things that you pick up along the way, and I'm curious with your amazing career that you've had so far, what you might share to a woman coming up in today's musical landscape.
2: Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you
0: know,
2: for starters, first of all, Um, the first phrase that comes to mind to me is something a girlfriend said to me, nah, I don't know, 30 years ago, control is su destinado, control your destiny. So I take that to heart. Um, it's probably why I'm at this point in my career, album number 16, fully independent Yeah. as an artist on my own label, on my own publishing. I don't have to you know do i work my assets off yeah am i gonna work my assets off anyway
1: yeah exactly
2: nobody's gonna work harder for me than me so what i have to say to other women coming starting out or in the early parts of their careers um you know we're not in the business to take crap i'm not in the crap business so i don't take it now i'm privileged because I'm where I am in my career, that it's simpler for me to say no to someone yeah. or that doesn't work for me, Here, or spell it out. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to, whether that's don't play that riff, <laughs> please play this other thing, mm-hmm. or, you know, um, you know, hiring a team to help me launch a record to work with Fathead Records, my label. Which is really um, hard at the
1: beginning of a career to, to do these yeah. things and say no and, and direct and just be like, nope, like it's my vision, this is my thing, like it's my way or no.
2: Which brings me to then the idea, what I wished I would have understood earlier was that I wasn't in the business to take crap and that um, I, could, I wished I would have trusted my instinct more. It not to say that other people didn't have feedback of value for me because they often did and often do. But it would have been good if I would have trusted my it would have been easier on me if I would have trusted myself a bit more. Hmm. And if I would have trusted my vision sooner. You know, um, there's always something to learn. I mean, the Buddhists have it right, as far as I'm concerned, which is to try to hold on to the idea of keeping the student mind, be teachable, be teachable, remain teachable. Because when I'm not teachable, that means I can't bend. And if I can't bend, I'm going to break. Okay, so, but all of that, as well as learning to tune into my own instinct and trust it, staying true to my vision, not putting up with um, crap from industry people or other musicians. Yeah. You know, I know as a singer, I was in a, and I was learning a lot, but you know, let's just say this, that I, sang songs in, for example, I sang songs for a long time. I mean, years in keys that I should not have been singing songs in, but I sang it in those keys because it was better for the guitar player or better for this other musician or better. Not better for me, but no, they needed it in that key. So I would then, I would make my adjustments. Well, over time that wears on my instrument,
1: oh yeah. yeah. My
2: instrument is the one instrument you can't take to the shop.
1: <laughs>
2: well, that's really a
1: curious thing to me because I'm I'm looking at it from a guitar player standpoint, and I'm like, well, you can do that in A or you can do it in B flat. And yeah, you. Can. That's the same lick. You just got to go down a fret. What do yeah, you? Yeah, you can. And like, well, but they're like, oh, I wrote it in A. It just sounds best in A. That kind of thing. Like, no, like I think that. I don't know, to me as a band, it makes sense to gear it around what the, um, what the singer can do. And like, what did I I think that that's an amazing piece of advice because it's that kind of minutia that people aren't thinking about as a band sitting in a recording and somebody might just say like, no, like I want, I really want to do this in a, and you got to turn around and be like, it just doesn't work. And like, if we go and play a hundred shows this year, I'm not going to be able to do that for a hundred shows. So we got to figure something else out.
0: Right.
2: Right. Or we record it in this key and then we play it live in this key. Yeah. Sometimes I do that still to this day because there's a certain feeling or a sense of um, vocal timbre that my producer is looking for in the studio. But to do that 100 nights a week, live, that ain't happening. No. I'm not singing it, you know. I'm not singing it in E a hundred nights a year. I got news for you, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so there's that kind of thing, and there's just also um, one more other really quick story for the for the for the ladies. I was I was working with a band. I talk about this in my book. It's a story in my book. I was working with a band in Phoenix, and um, I had. Um, a bandmate that was doing most of the booking. It was like local bar stuff, right? Doing most of the booking and I wasn't doing any booking at that time. I was just glad to be there and glad to be learning. And then he booked a few um, shows without me. He didn't talk to me about it. He did it underhanded. In other words, he went around to all the other people in the band and said, hey, do you wanna do this show opening for this famous blues guy? Hmm. And they were all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is we don't need the singer we have the famous blues guy so we're just gonna go ahead and, and do this and and um we're just gonna leave her out now what's accurate is if he had come to me and said you know we have this chance to do this thing but but they don't want a singer they just want the band to back up so and so i would have gone of course are you kidding me i think can i get like can i get a ticket
1: yeah for sure
2: <laughs> I, I, i'm thrilled Yeah, but that's not how it was handled. It was really crappy, underhanded office politics. So he went around and then came to me and then told me that they were doing these shows and that I wasn't on it. Very different, very, very different tack. And I was so taken aback by that, but it turned out to be a gift. Here's why. I got upset, I got really pissed off. I was crying, I was all, you know, I was 20, I was really upset, 20 something. And I'm talking to my girlfriend and she goes, you know what to do, right? I go,
0: no, I don't know what to do. She
2: goes, well, you can either let them keep treating you like that, or you can just go out and book like two or three months worth of work yourself. And then you bring it to the band and you let them know that the band is now gonna be called Genova Magnus and the band name not just the band name. (laughs) And I go, really? She goes, absolutely. That's how you do it. Trust me. You got to hit him right where it hurts. And you hit him in the pocketbook. And if he doesn't want to take the billing that way, if he is not willing to be in the band, that's okay. You'll find another player. Yeah. But That's the name of the band on those shows. You did the booking. That's the end of the story. And I was like, wow. So I did exactly what she suggested I do. And I went out and I booked three months worth of work. And I had a ton of work. And I went back to him and I said, okay. So I went to all the guys, I did what he did. I went to all the guys and said, hey, you want this work? And they were like, yeah, that's great. Wonderful, wonderful. And I said, okay, do you mind, you know, like here's what it is. I wasn't asking permission. I told them it's gonna be Genova, and blah, blah. And they were like, sure, no problem, no sweat. Yeah, whatever. We wanna work. And then I went to the one guy who had been so underhanded with me. And I said, well, this is what it is. And you know, you're, you know, I want you on the gigs if you want to do it. And he was like, Well, that's, you can't do that. And I went, Well, actually, I can and I did. Are you telling me you don't want to, you don't want the work? And he was like, Well, that's not right. That's not fair, blah, 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 blah. And I said, Well, it's where it's at. So just tell me if you don't want to be on the gig. So I completely just, I turned the situation that was, Potentially going to be a real ugly push pull, and I yeah. just went boom and I drop kicked the guy.
1: With I mean, work. I mean, what a it worked. It, 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 <coughs> I just it, two things like stand out one, how, how just like blindsided is this guy to what he had just pulled off, and then two, obviously, this guy wasn't a person that would have fit into the song right here. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he's he's not in, that <laughs> not in that circle. And you know, so it was but he did me a solid because it upset me and it pissed me off and it hurt my feelings. Enough and then I took that and I went oh, okay, here's what we're going to do and it was motivation for me. It was drive for me the same way that anybody ladies listen closely anyone who's ever said no to me. You can't have that. You can't do that because you're a woman. You can't do that because you're white. You can't do that because whatever it is, whatever their reason for telling me no was, um, you're not allowed, Um, no chicks in the band, any of that kind of crap, um, did me a huge favor because it, it put fire in the engine it put fire in the engine because there's nothing, you know, it, it just motivated me ultimately after I decided to raise my head again, I lick my wounds. I'm like, Oh God, Oh God. And then I get up and I use it. I use it as motivation. I use it as fuel. I use it for the drive. Anybody who's ever kicked me when I was down, there's been a little bit of that, you know, it's in the book, you know, all of that stuff I've been able to, use it for fuel. And that's, um, I think that's pretty valuable. I don't,
1: I don't know if there's a better message for us to kind of gracefully exit on. I mean, that was, I, I, you, you have the experience you've, you've gone through it and you've taken these, all these situations that came up and spun them into a positive and like where you're at now, your own label, got all your publishing just put out a fantastic new album that's coming out everyone june 24th (laughs) thank you so much for spending some time with me and especially for playing some live music i i missed it so much during the pandemic and now it's finally back on and i just think that this is such a little treat for me to be able to sit there and listen to you guys so thank you so much for coming on the show
2: you're so welcome thanks so much for having us and for the support and folks we hope to hear you and see you out there at the shows Um, we miss you I've missed you so much
1: thank you thank you thank you to Jennifer for coming on the show and for the band for hanging out and playing us a tune such good stuff that new album is coming out June 24th it's called Hard to Kill and I certainly hope you will go and check it out And as always, for the stories behind the songs,
0: go to songfacts.com. See ya.